0: Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
1: Have your Bibles. Uh, we're going to visit the passage of First Corinthians, chapter eleven, verse one. It's one particular verse there, and then we will be uh, referencing a number of related scriptures as we minister the Word of God. As this verse of scripture will be the launching pad from which the rest of the message will develop. First Corinthians 11 one says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul says to the church at Corinth, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And I want to preach this morning how to be a father who exemplifies Christ. How to be a father who exemplifies Christ. As we look around in our nation, as we look around in the world in which we live, we are actually witnessing the rapid deterioration of the family right here in America, not only in America, but around the world. (laughs) Satan is targeting and even assaulting the family because Satan himself knows The family is the institution created by God himself, and Satan also knows the impact of a strong Christ-centered family. The decline of the family weakens the church. The decline of the family weakens the state, weakens the nation, weakens cities, and even weakens the world. One of Satan's most effective strategies for attacking the family is to remove father's from the home because it is God's design for fathers to lead and be available to their families, which is the bedrock of the nation. That's why Satan wants to redefine the family. He's assaulting the family. He wants to see the family totally destroyed because when there is not a family which is the rock bed of society, so goes the home, so goes the schools, so goes the church, so goes the city, so goes the nation, state, and world. Satan is using drugs to destroy the family, alcohol to destroy the family. There are fathers being murdered. There are fathers who are in, uh, incarcerated. There are fathers who are engaging in domestic abuse. We have fathers in the midst that are delving into adultery, discontented fathers, angry fathers, and greedy fathers. And Satan wants to, to just compound that uh, as, uh, as that which defines the family. In this particular passage, Paul has such confidence and faithfulness to Christ until he says, follow me. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, for him to say that, he has to be living right. (laughs) For Paul to say, follow me as I follow Christ, he, he has to have a personal relationship with the Lord and have a strong faith. He can't say, follow me and then be living like the devil. He was an example to be followed. What are the characteristics of a father who exemplifies Christ. What are the characteristics of a father who exemplifies Christ? First of all, a Christian father is an exemplary father because he has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans ten thirteen says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dads, Your children should be able to look at your life and see Christ all over you because you integrate Christ in everything you say and in everything you do. I pose a question to you fathers, grandfathers, godfathers. Do you have a personal relationship with Christ that is so evident to your family? When your wife, when your children, when your grandchildren see you, they're seeing a picture of what heaven is on earth. They're seeing you being the example of God who is serving the true and living invisible God. Are you a saved daddy in order to integrate Christ into every aspect of your life? And there are others of you, you, you're single, you're praying for a wife. Let me tell you something, if you want a godly wife, you need to be praying now, and then you ought to be living up to God's expectation, according to his word, the criteria as to what it means to be a godly man who will eventually be a godly husband. Some men want to just lay around, play, and mess with every woman around and then he want to handpick a virgin. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. If you want a virgin, if you want a, a holy, in the Lord, in Christ, and you ought to want that, but first you ought to be that kind of man, a virgin, holy, right, a man of integrity, and you ought to be a man that your future wife can follow. Won't y'all say, look how quiet it's getting now. <laughs> now, you want a woman that's all that while you live like the devil? No, you live like Christ, and then Christ will bless you with that wife because you're living in such a way that God can bless you. Amen. Number two, a father who exemplifies Christ is a father who is worth following. A father who exemplifies Christ is a father who is worth following. 1 Corinthians 11 1 says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Dads, you disqualify yourself as an example if you say, don't do as I do, do as I say. Daddies, are you an example worth following? Your children are watching you at your best and at your worst. What kind of an example are you? Your children will pick up the sinful behaviors from your life that will cause them to struggle as they live their lives. For example, if you're angry dad, chances are your son and your daughters are going to be angry. Dad, if you're abusive and mean to your wife, then the chances are high that your son's going to be abusive to his wife and your girl's are gonna be abusive to their their their, their husbands. There's some women. It goes both ways. Talking about abusing men, there's some women that abuse the men. That's right. You've got some tough women out there. <laughs> You've got some women that can beat men up. <laughs> when they see you, are you unforgiving? If you're unforgiving your family's going to be unforgiving. Daddy, if you're yelling and screaming over every little thing, you're teaching your children to do that in their future families. If you're on alcohol and open the door and all the bottles fall out, you're teaching your children to do the same thing. you own on drugs. You're teaching your children to, to be on drugs. You're on pornography. You're teaching your children to be hooked on porn. You're living a sexual, immoral lifestyle. You're teaching your children and your grandchildren to be that same way. If you're rebellious... Then you're teaching your children to be rebellious. Your lifestyle speaks volume before your children. Your family knows when you are real. Your family knows when you are genuine. Your family knows when you are authentic because your lifestyle is consistent with the Word of God. Number three, an exemplary father uh, who says, Follow me as I follow Christ, is one who models Christ. When you say, Follow me, As I follow Christ, that means you model Christ. Fathers, your family should not have to look outside the home to find a role model. I reiterate, your children should not have to look outside the home to find a role model. Your children should speak well of you saying, I want to be like my daddy when I grow up. Titus chapter 2 verses 7 and 8 says in everything set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching show integrity seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they are having nothing bad to say about us fathers your reputation gives credibility to your life as a father let me say that again your reputation gives credibility to your life as a father in your home as well as before an onlooking looking community as they see you doing what is good. When they see you possessing soundness of speech, in other words, speech that is healthy and appropriate and healing and redemptive. When they see you being a man of integrity and being serious about Christ. Even should they speak against you, your reputation will diffuse them and put them to shame. Fourthly, an exemplary father gives spiritual leadership and is a spiritual covering for his wife and children. An exemplary father gives spiritual leadership and is a spiritual covering for his wife and children. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 9, it says, and these words which I commend you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You are to teach, 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 teach. Teach your children in the morning. Teach them at noon. Teach them at lunch. Te- teach them when they're in the car and can't get out. Teach them when they're strapped in the seatbelts. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate. In other words, your children shall grow up in your house and not miss God. If your children can grow up in your house and miss God, then there's a great disconnect somewhere. And I'm afraid that you can go to some houses... And you see all kind of strange stuff on the walls. You don't see one word of scripture on the wall. You don't see nothing that refers to Christianity on the wall. It looks like a pagan house. When people walk into you know people come in our home, especially people come and do repairs and stuff, and they walk in and they start looking at all these crosses on the wall. You know, I think if they tried to steal, they couldn't because they, they, they ooh, that Jesus on that cross. <laughs> And they see over here, they see a scripture, and then they look over here and they see a scripture, and then well, I will have one person come, I won't call names and stuff." He walked in there because he was coming in for just a little bit, and he said, "You know he stopped all of a sudden. He just got in the middle of the family room, and he says, "You know something? It is something serene and, and tranquil about being in this house. I sense peace here and serenity. What a testimony when an outsider can come into your house and say this is a peaceful home. Some homes are so full of friction and tension that you can cut it with a cake knife. It can be dull and you can cut. (laughs) My friends, fathers, we are responsible for handing down our faith to our children and our grandchildren. This means we must indoctrinate our children with the scriptures. Teach them, says Deuteronomy 6. We have to teach, teach, teach. You know why? Because this secular system is, they want to re-educate your children. They got a plan for your children. If you don't have a kingdom agenda, they got a devil's agenda, and they want to turn your child upside down. Change the pronouns. Your child won't know whether he's a he or she. Everything is neutral gender. They want to teach transgenderism before they can count, tell, time, attach you. (laughs) Critical race theory and all of this stuff and can't multiply. You have to indoctrinate, indoctrinate, indoctrinate. You have to pray over our, our wives, our children, and take advantage of teachable moments using illustrations through the activities of life. We must teach them how to think. This is a no-thinking generation, a no-thinking culture. You, you have to teach them what it means to be spiritual in a confused world. Men, you are responsible for teaching your boys how to be men. These women can't teach the man how to be men. That's why these other men, if you're a single parent who a woman, you need a, a man who's a mentor. They can come alongside and help you. From Washington on down, they are trying to read. They are not trying. They are doing it. They are, they are strutting down Broadway. They, they can't get you. They're going to wait you out. The devil, you know, the devil is an old devil, you know. The, the, the scripture says he's the serpent of old. He's an old devil. And I'm getting old. And Satan will wait me. I, I can't wait that draper die. He's in my way. <laughs> then he want to put a big, fat, liberal preacher here. That preach lies and deception. And you better not let a no good preacher stand behind this pulpit. I'll tear over in my grave. I preach too hard and too long for you to let anybody come here and not preach the truth. Why don't you say amen? amen? The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You have to teach your boys and girls how to be courageous, how to be self-disciplined. Teach them how to get up and not lay, out, lay around all day. You're going to be successful. The first thing you need to learn how to do is get up. Get up. Get up. Don't hit no, nothing that calls you to five more minutes. You don't need five more minutes. Get up now. Get up now. Get out to bed. Brush your teeth. Comb your hair if you got some. <laughs> and don't scare folk. you all kinky over the head, got a grill over here talking about hire me. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you make folk run. Don't you know you, this is a competitive world? Yes. you you you've got to look like you want that job. You, you, got, you, you have to be able to articulate, look folk in the eye and let them know you're worth hiring. Yes. You can't scare folk. Come about I want to work, they say work well. You scare all my customers away. <laughs> Teach your children how to be self-disciplined and how to manage their time and money wisely. Fathers, you influence your family by setting aside time to have meaningful conversations. Now, some of you don't know how to talk to your children. My children were at the house just a few weeks ago and they had breakfast, and my wife and I, we fixed a huge breakfast. Those boys can eat. I mean, they eat everything up in the house. They ate well. And then everything get, I said, oh, where y'all going? I'll sit right here. we just getting started. <laughs> and they sat there for about an hour and a half, and we talked about everything under the sun. Laughed and had a good time because I wanted to challenge their thinking. I wanted to redeem the time. I wanted to affect their souls for righteousness. And I know the world is going to come after them, and I want to use all of my influence, all of God that's in me, to to reinforce the teaching of their mama and daddy. You say, uh, when when I get my kids around the table, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Write write this down now, because I don't want that excuse. Don't tell me now, don't you leave this church telling me you don't know what to say to your children. This church, the the devil knows what to say. Why you don't know what to say? The devil knows what to say. Let me give you some things you ought to be saying around that table in that car, uh, in the living room at the bed. You, you you ought to have meaning com- meaning family de- Bible devotions. Family Bible devotions. And listen, don't preach long sermons a whole hour every day. You're going to wear those kids out and they say, oh, here Daddy come again a whole hour. <laughs> You're going to wear oh, Daddy, 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 I'm choking on God. <laughs> no, keep up. We went through my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers, and we went through that book. My kids know that book, and we th- it was just one, a one-pager. It was short to the point, and we applied life to it. Uh, t- you know what you can talk about? Share your personal testimony about salvation. Talk about your salvation experience. Uh, review your genealogy with your children. Your, your child might be marrying his cousin because you, you don't talk about genealogy. They don't know their family. Take them to family reunions so they can learn who cutting Sally and cutting Joe and ain't Hattie is. Talk about family genealogy, your family history. Uh, talk about your own childhood. They're interested about your childhood when you was a boy and when mom was a little girl. Talk, you know what you need to talk about? I'm giving you things. Talk about your personal challenges. Don't act like you've always had it together. Talk about your personal challenges. You know what? Talk, if you want your children to pursue education, talk about your education. Talk about My mother, bless her heart, she's with the Lord. I was so proud of my mom. She raised six children and all, and all of that, and she was determined to go to school, and in her 50s, she got her GED, and I was so proud of her. She got her. I said, go for it, Mama, and Mama got it, and she was so proud, and we supported her. It's never too late to go to school. Stop telling yourself it's too old. When you get in a rocking chair and do nothing, that's when you going to die. God didn't make you to be inactive. You talk about education. What do you want to be? Now, how are you going to be that? Do you know what it takes to get to that level? We talk, how do you matriculate to, to, to be what you are dreaming about? Talk about life decisions. Talk about your bad decision, great decision. Talk about life decisions. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to get personal now. Talk about some of your failures. Let them know that you did make a C. Some of y'all made a D. And some of y'all made an F. Some of y'all flunked a year. And you act like you, you might have picked up steam later, but you, you weren't all that all the way through. Now some of you were some of y'all were a hey, dean's list. You came out the womb uh, uh, a dean's list, a, a Rhodes Scholar. Okay, I'm not talking about you. You're the exception. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? And some of you say, "I don't have a degree. And I don't have an education. I don't have an education. I can't talk about that." Well, you know what? You got a greater testimony. You have a greater testimony. You say, "You know what? Without a degree." And I didn't go to a university and I didn't do this but you know what? I applied myself. I disciplined myself and I got on at this job and I worked my way up and God had, God had to favor God up, up, upon my life and God moved me up the ranks because I live holy and folk that tried to stop me couldn't stop me. Matter of fact, when they tried to stop me, they end up blessing me. Anybody, do I have any witnesses here? Do I have anybody here who was successful Without a degree, because you knew how to apply yourself. And you got some fellows, you know, you know well, I got to go to Harvard to be successful. No, you don't. No, no offense against Harvard. You can go to my school, TSU, and get a great education. You can go to Texas AM and get a great education. You can go to St. Phillips and get a good education. You can go to a Houston Tillerson and get a good education. You go to Prairie View. It is not the school; it's how you apply yourself in that school. I applied myself. I I, I didn't I didn't live in the wreck. I left folk who were smarter than me in the wreck. I zoomed past them because I applied myself. It's not the school that makes you; it's what you do in that school. Stop talking about that. And you know what? They love it when you. When, you have, when it takes you 10 years to get out, they say, one more year, baby, one more year. you just fattening the pocketbooks of that school. Some of you, what to talk about? Talk about the successes, your successes, not only your failures, your successes. Talk about miracles. My wife and I, we've experienced miracles. You all have seen some miracles in your life, miracles of healings. Miracles in the Mister Miracles. I mean, you, you, your backs were against the odds and you saw God do something miraculous. Talk about, and the same God that performed miracles for me can form, perform miracles for you. Talk about dreams. Teach your children how to dream. Talk about life goals. These discussions will shape your children's life and much more. Those are just a little snippet of things you can talk about. Number five, a righteous father is a holy father, a holy man. First Peter one, 14 through 16 says as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the form of lust as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Since God requires men to, le- to be holy, since God requires men to be holy, then it is critical for you and me, and me to know what it means to be holy, to be holy. He said, what does it mean to be holy? I'm so glad you asked. To be holy means to live a life that is consecrated to God. To be holy is to live a life that is separate unto the Lord, exclusively separate to God to accomplish his divine purposes in your life. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. A holy father is one who is a clean daddy. A holy dad is a just dad, a dad of equity. A holy father is one who is chaste. A holy dad is one who is righteous. A holy dad is a dad who's godly. He is one whose life is harmonized with the scripture. He is one whose life is aligned with the scripture. He is one whose life is conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness and conduct and character. I say it again because I know some of you are writing. A holy man, he is one whose life is harmonized with the scripture, aligned with the scripture, conformed to to the word of God, which results in holiness, in conduct, and character.
0: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855... East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683 If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church please visit our website at maranatha.sa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund Thank you very much for your generosity worship with the maranatha bible church family on father's day sunday june 19th at 10 a.m on this special day our worship celebration will express gratitude and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers pastor Randa draper has a special message prepared for all fathers that will encourage bless and strengthen them during these challenging times come celebrate father's day with us